0: Guys, could we just welcome our family, uh, Mike, to the stage and. Uh And I'd love to pray with you real quick. And so let's just pray for him. Father, we thank you for Mike, God. We thank you for the word that you've placed in his heart and his spirit, God. We pray that it would come forth in clarity. It would come forth in boldness, God. That it would land on good ground. That we would leave here changed. We would leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on. Everyone said, amen. amen, amen, amen. I love you, man. Thank you. All right. Well, good morning, Discovery. How are we doing this morning? Yeah. Well, for those who don't know me, I am Mike Peterson. I am the Outreach Director here at Discovery Church. And as Pastor John you know, gets to say, he gets to lead this community. Well, guess what? I get the amazing opportunity to serve the community here at Discovery. And it is an honor to serve our community here. We love everyone here. So I have a quick question for everybody. Did anyone ever get lost anywhere? Come on, raise your hands. Right, every single person in there, right? So check it out. So one day, I was at a gas station, you know, Shell gas station by In-N-Out, okay? And I'm sitting there and I'm pumping gas and this lady comes up to me and says, hey, sir, are you from around here? And I says, yeah. She says, have you lived here a long time? And I'm like, yeah, I was just thinking to myself, like, what's up with the third degree now, right? <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, I was like, what does this lady want, right? She wanted to say, is she a witness, Witness? I was like, please, Lord, let her be a Jehovah's Witness. I love when they come by, because I love when they say to me, hey, do you want to hear the truth about Jesus? Right? And I go, sure. And I let them speak, and then I say after, do you want to know the truth about Jesus? (laughs) I just love the look on their face. (laughs) But anyways, I says, yeah, miss, is there anything I can help you with? There's something that you need. Here's her, yeah, can you tell me how to get to Grayton? And I look at her, and I look, um... It's, it's right there. Um, see that big building? <laughs> that's Grayton. Here's her, no, everybody's trying, t- telling me that's where to go. No, I need to get to the town, Grayton. So I was like, oh, okay, yes, I know exactly where that's at. I can show you how to get there. I said, miss, do you have GPS on your phone or in your car? And she said, no, I don't. So I pulled it up on my phone, and I showed her how to get there, and hopefully she got there. <laughs> right. But so that was a... You know, on my part, that was uh, just a fun experience, right? But then one time I got lost and I had a pretty frightening experience. One time we, uh, we all went camping up to uh, Chester, it's uh, Lassen Park, okay? So there's this area called Battle Creek, okay? And it's, it's a pretty good hike going into this area and it's a waterfall. And at the bottom of the waterfall, man, as soon as you cast in, boom, you're gonna pull some trout out, right? And uh, so now it's getting dark, right? But prior to this, to the campsite, the ranger came to us and says, we asked him how to get there. And he goes, yeah, but be careful, they're kind of loaded with rattlesnakes and mountain lions, right? So he says, okay, so now it's getting late and uh, we're gonna try and walk back now to the vehicle, okay? And we're walking back and it's it's almost dark now, right? I think it was around like 8.30, okay? So it's almost getting dark, right? And we're trying to figure out, uh, what way do we go? So there's five of us now. There's five grown men, (laughs) right? And we're walking back, and then we come to a fork in the road. It's right or left. So we're trying to think, okay, what way did we go? What way is the truck, right? And then we start seeing things. We start seeing red eyes in some bushes, (laughs) right? So we start seeing things, right? So now all our fears, everything is coming to (laughs) pass, right? And the only focus that we have is like, okay, we need to find our truck, right? We can't get eaten alive here now, right? I got kids, (laughs) right? I got to get up. I got to go to work the next day, (laughs) you know? So um, my cousin, so we're walking, so he says, you know what? Here's I used to be a Boy Scout. He's like, okay. (laughs) So he says, "Uh, follow the North Star. Well, if you've ever been to Lassen Park right? And it's nighttime. And it's just black outside. Every star looks like the North Star. It's beautiful, <laughs> right? So we're trying to figure out, okay, what way? So we have to figure out, okay, well, guess what? We walked east, so that means that our vehicle is west, right? The road is west. So we're trying to figure out, now, what way is north, what way is east, right? So we had a general idea, so we figured it out, right? So we're walking, and um, my cousin says, oh, look, hey, I dropped a pack of cigarettes, and he. like, lo- he lost a pack of cigarettes. So we seen the pack of cigarettes. He says, oh, Joe, look, there's your pack of cigarettes. Here's Um I lost those the second time we walked through here. <laughs> so we started walking. So we, oh my god, OK, so we walked in a circle, right? So it's kind of one of those things that you're know lost in the woods, right? Every tree looks the same, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, thank god that we seen some flashlights, right? And we start yelling, right? And sure enough, it was the rangers. And the rangers actually came looking for us. Because they seen our vehicle, and um, it was late. It was dark, and they knew that we were going to be there. But thank God that, you know, we we found our way. Right, we were lost, but we found our way. So, can anyone relate to being lost in some way, of shape or form? You know, you see, at that time, nothing else mattered to us. Nothing else mattered to me. Besides regaining control over my life regaining control over our situation see i had no control over the situation and then when we finally found our vehicle i felt like okay all right thank you god right we finally found vehicle i now have control over my future okay so the bible also calls people lost But when the Bible calls people being lost, it means that compared to a life that Jesus offers, a life of unconditional love, purpose, hope, miracles, ultimately eternal life in heaven after we die, life without Jesus is ultimately being lost, okay? So... Hey, here's something that we here's something that we barely rarely see in a church. Look at this Bible. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> you know, we're new age, right? So well, we're, yeah, we're new. We're kind of we're kind of up with the times, so I'll put it that way. We're with the times, so I'll put it that way, right? So, you know, everything is, you know, we have our phones, right? Got a Bible app on my phone, right? Uh, let's see, being lost. Uh, so, lost people who haven't encountered Jesus. How many of us who may have never heard that name, people who never believe, accepted, and confessed Jesus as Lord, basically making Jesus the boss of their life, right? So, those are the lost people, okay? So, but now, I want you to realize today that the people that are lost are now more open to hear about Jesus. Because, listen... We all lived or living, however you look at it, during through a pandemic, right? We all lived through a political landscape, right? Kind of change reshaped our country. We're living through a war that's affecting our economic economy. People that we loved and people feel like there's no hope their foundation now is not sturdy no more. The world is shaken. So now the people that are lost, they are more prone and open to hear about Jesus because people is looking for a way out. People looking for hope. People looking for a stronger foundation. They want to get back to that, to just the self of just being comfortable in life. So now I want to show you Jesus' heart for the lost. This is how Jesus loves and just loves people and his heart to, to find the lost. So if you guys have a Bible <laughs> or your phone, or it's going to be up on the screen, let's all turn to Luke chapter 15, verse three through seven. Okay? And it says, okay, but before this, you know, Jesus was being, he was being put on the spot, okay? Because he was hanging out with tax collectors, sinners, right? He was just hanging out with some wrong people, okay? But Jesus says to the, to the people, it says, suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 who do not need to repent. The lost sheep is a parable that represents someone through foolishness and maybe sin fell away from God. They used to be in a relationship with God, but maybe circumstances, maybe sin, caused them to stray away, to walk away, right? You know, for an example, Missing one week of church can become two weeks of church. Missing two weeks of church can become missing a month of church. I'm using church as a reference, but also in your prayer and worship life, and our, um, you know, just fellowship with one another, you know, as a group. So, also referring to prayer and worship, it may not been intentional, but the problem is when the sheep is distant from the shepherd, we are prone to more attacks. See, when I was out there in the middle of the, we'll call it the wilderness, right? That's what the Bible calls it, right? Being lost in the wilderness, we were prone, we were open. To an attack. Okay? It was at first first Peter five, eight says, yeah, be sober and alert, for the enemy is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Okay? So just like those mountain lions, you know, who knows if there's really some there? I don't know. But I did see some red lights. Well, I seen some red lights. (laughs) 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 We'll put it that way. Right? So when we're distant, it's very dangerous and can be life-threatening when we're distant from God. So do you know anyone like this? Do you have any friends that you feel is lost, that needs to go searching for, that you need to either bring back to God or help bring to God? Think about that for a minute. And when we leave here from today from church, I want you to think and pray for that person or people. We find lost sheep uh, and though and through this parable Jesus is urging us to have a shepherd's heart, okay? So Pastor John, ask me why do we need to go after lost sheep and bring it back? Why do we have to bring lost? Sheep back? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Because no matter what we are, we are all God's children, and we are all precious and priceless to him. We are a masterpiece to God. And in Philippians 2.5 says, in all relationships, we are to take on the same mindset as Christ. Okay? Which can be summed up into two words. Unconditional love. Because I think how Jesus views a relationship, why well, not how he views his relationship with me. Which is unconditional love. And that's how he views your relationship with him. So now let's go to our second parable. But right away, we're going to be looking at three. So we might be here for a couple hours. So tighten <laughs> up. All right. So let's go to now uh, Luke 15, 8 through 10. Okay, so we're supposed. So this is the parable of the lost coin. Okay, so if you're thinking it's a coin, right? Um, you know how important is like one coin, right? But to uh, see, I got it written down because I did some research because I didn't know this either until I really studied it. Um, Palestinian woman would receive ten silver coins as a wedding gift. Besides their monetary value, these coins were held sentimental value, kind of like a wedding ring. So to lose one would be very bad. And it also is at a status symbol in society. And, you know, she lost her coin, she would also lose her status in society. So if you care about your status in society, then don't lose your coin. reputation. To lose one coin, she can also lose her stats. Okay. So let's read the scripture. So it says, uh, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. so basically saying, you know, so in heaven, so when we, when the lost become found and the people finally accept, confess, and believe that Jesus is Lord and make Jesus the boss over their life, the angels in heaven is rejoicing. To To me, that's amazing. And how, you know, there's power in that when we have the opportunity to help someone to come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, inviting him here on a Sunday morning, right? Find him to Easter next Sunday. Yeah. People are more prone to go to church on, what we call them, c and right, Christmas and Easter, right? Well, guess what? You have the opportunity to make this happen. It's, it's Pretty powerful stuff there. But there is one thing about the coin. It didn't know it was lost. It's a coin. It had no idea that it had ever been alive, right? So the lost coin represents people has no idea that they're lost. You know, it's kind of in the same concept, you know. How do you tell somebody they're wrong when they don't think that they're wrong? How do you show them that? right? It's the, same, it's the same concept. They don't know that they're lost, so we have to show them the light. But I believe everyone has a yearning for God because in Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has put eternity into man's heart, which means we can never be satisfied with earthly pleasures and pursuits because we are created in God's image. See? So here's what we all have. we have a spiritual thirst we have eternal value and nothing but the things in God can satisfy us lost are people that are far from God and has never woken to a life in God they don't know him so just like the coin that it doesn't know that it is lost they need someone to search for them so how do we search for them I mean, I'm not just saying just walk up to somebody and say, hey, do you know Jesus? No, you can. i have done that before. But in my line of work, I own a construction company, I meet someone new every single day. And I make it a priority of mine to speak to at least one person a day about Jesus. Bring it up in a conversation. You know, the other day, I was sitting to the car wash, playing my phone. And this uh, gentleman sits next to me and says, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. We start talking to him kind of about the weather, right? And I was like, hey, yeah, we just, thank God it was a beautiful day today. We just had a church function. Oh, what church do you go to? Oh, I go to Discovery Church here in Ronald Park. Oh, what are you guys? We're a Christian church, non-denominational. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, it's normal people who just love Jesus, <laughs> right? Bring it up in, in a conversation. We're just walking to somebody and say, hey, do you know Jesus? <laughs> but because God is calling believers to search for lost coins, and we are to rejoice with God when one of those coins are found. Amen, huh? Amen. All right, so let's go move on now to our third point, which is our third parable, which is, uh, what is it? Where's it at here? Oh, it's Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 24. Yeah, okay, so he's breaking it up. All right. So it's uh, the lost son, a.k.a. the prodigal son, right? So it says here, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he had begun to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Wow, so basically he kind of left everything that he had, squandered everything that he had on fleshy, selfly desires, and now he's sitting eating with the pigs. Well, wow. when he came to his sense, he said, How many of My father's hired servants have food to spare, and I am here starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw... Him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and sinned against you. I am no longer to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring me the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son Of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. So let's begin to celebrate. Amen. So the world would say that's what he gets, right? He made his bed, now he got to lay in it, right? Even though he served the world, he served his fleshly, worldly desires, okay? But you know what God calls us? God calls us son. God calls us daughter. We have to remember for ourselves and to remind others that the things we've done or the things we're currently doing, we can always run to God and he will be there with wide open arms for us. See? As a father, as a father for myself, I have three kids. And There's nothing that my kids can do that's going to make me love them any less. I mean, look, I'm a diehard Giants fan, right? Well, you see my son Enzo, he's in a Dodger outfit. (laughs) You know, so talk about, um, I mean, rebellion. (laughs) You know? At one point, too, I tried to convince him, hey, that's a sin. You know, to be a Dodger fan's a sin, Right? And that goes right. That goes for you, Doctor Fans, too. So, but in this parable about the lost sheep, the lost coin, someone had to go search and find them, right? But in this story, the father is watching and waiting for his child to return. So, just like God, his love is unconditional, constant and patient. The sheep was lost because it foolishly wandered away. The coin was lost at no fault of its own because see, just like the person didn't know that it was lost. And the son left out of selfishness, selfish abilities, ambition. But God's great love reaches out and finds his children no matter how they got lost or even why they got lost. You know, I love these three parables. I love these three stories because it just reminds me that no matter what I've done, I can always run to God. That gives me the drive that, hey, there is lost people out there. There is people out there that doesn't know, maybe even never even heard the name of Jesus, that I have this amazing opportunity to help give someone, give them the opportunity to have eternal life at the right hand of God in heaven. So next Sunday is Easter, which is one of my favorite, you know, stories. Oh. Isn't it called The Greatest Story Ever Told, right? Really going to hear God's heart. Really going to hear the love that God has for us. And hear what he's done for us, most importantly, for the lost. So please, everyone, come there. And in, uh, what is it, Revelations 3.20, In Revelation 3.20, it says, this is Jesus speaking. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So you know what, guys? Jesus is knocking. He's saying, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm well. All we have to do is let him in. When I see, when I talk to the lost people, it's one of the scriptures that I that I give them. I say that you're not alone in this world. There is a love. There is a living God that loves and cares and cherishes for you, and and yearns for you. He's knocking. All we got to do is let him in. Then in uh, Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 7, 14. No, that's not it. Oh, here it is. Okay, yeah. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from them and I will forgive them and forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Right, So the word repent means to turn. Okay? So if we're walking this way on this pathway here, and we notice something that we're doing wrong, and be like, man, you know, I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want to do these things anymore. I don't want to live to please the world anymore. I want to live to please Jesus. All we got to do is turn. Walk the other way.